0: Hello, it's Friday, the 16th of February, and welcome to Korea24. I'm your host, Kwon Trainee doctors have said they will resign en masse next week in protest of the government's plan to increase the medical school admissions quota. The health ministry has ordered hospitals to reject their resignations. We'll have more in news briefing shortly. For weekly economy review, we discuss a company's decision to reward employees who have children. And the president's move to provide tax incentives for such schemes. And then coming up for movie spotlight, we review the critically acclaimed *Anatomy of a Fall*, and a new local comedy about pets called *Dog Days*. We have all that and more on today's *Today* 24. The nation's trainee doctors have said they will tender resignations en masse in protest of the planned medical school admissions quota expansion. The government responded by issuing an order for hospitals to maintain essential medical services Warning of dire consequences to those taking such illegal steps. For more on this story and our other headlines from today, I'm joined in the studio by KBS World Radio News Editor Daniel Che. Daniel, hello. Hello there, Jungle. So we're starting to see some formal action in response to the government's controversial move. Can you give us the latest on this situation?
1: Yes, medical residents and interns plan to launch collective action next Tuesday in protest of the government's med school admissions quota expansion. Korea Intern Resident Association Chief Park Tan said via social media that training doctors at five major general hospitals in Seoul will submit letters of resignation unmasked by Monday. Trainee doctors at Seoul National University Hospital, Severance Hospital, Samsung Medical Center, Asan Medical Center, and Seoul St. Mary's Hospital plan to walk off at 6 a.m. Tuesday. Met students at 40 medical schools set to take a leave of absence en masse on Tuesday, a decision made during an emergency meeting of student representatives. 154 trainee doctors at seven hospitals submitted resignations as of Friday midnight. None of the resignations thus far accepted. According to second Vice Health Minister Park min su the government has prohibited making such requests at 221 trainee hospitals and issued an order to maintain essential medical services. Those found to be refusing to work during a government inspection will be subject to a return-to-work order and violators will face legal action. The government vowed to mitigate medical inconvenience through an emergency service plan.
0: Yes, we'll see how the situation develops over the weekend and bring you the latest next week. Let's turn now to a major sporting headline. The Korea Football Association has officially fired national team head coach Jurgen Klinsmann. Can you fill us in on the details?
1: Well, the decision was made amidst accusations of lack of leadership leading to elimination from the 2023 AFC Asia Cup and a brawl that broke out between two superstar players in the team. The fate of the former football legend turned coach was decided at the KFS executive meeting on Friday, a day after the association's national team committee recommended Klinsman be replaced, citing lack of tactical preparation, a failed team management and work ethic. KFA President Chung mong gyu known to have the final say on the matter apologized to the public, acknowledged that the KFA holds overall responsibility for what happened and pledged to draw up measures to prevent recurrence. The KFA will begin a process of appointing a new head coach before the qualifying match against Thailand next month for the 2026 World Cup. Klinsmann took the helm in late February last year, failed to win the Asian Cup despite having what many see as a dream team roster for Team Korea. He's also slammed for departing for a break in the U.S. just two days after returning from the disappointing running cutter. Captain Son min of Tottenham Hotspur and midfielder Igangin of Paris Saint-Germain reportedly engaged in an altercation the night before the semifinal match which led to Son finger injury so the head coach failed to address such chemistry issues is the way many experts and fans perceive the situation
0: yes so he's been fired just about a year into his reign shortly before the decision was announced though Klinsman posted a farewell
1: message on social media what did he have to say it did. He had via Instagram on Friday at around 1 p.m. He thanked the players, the fans and the coaching staff that it's been an incredible journey with an unbeaten run of 13 matches in 12 months before the Asian Cup semifinals. The KFA chairman was set to hold the press conference on the decision at around 2.40 p.m. Meanwhile, KFA President Jong mong has announced refusal to resign. Chung uh, indirectly shot down calls for his resignation uh, when asked about his participation in the process of hiring the head coach.
0: Yes, yeah, so we'll see who will fill the role of head coach during this tumultuous time for the national team. Let's move on now to headlines related to North Korea. Uh, Kim Yo jung the sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, painted a positive view of future Tokyo-Pyongyang relations, suggesting in a statement that a visit to the regime by Japan's Prime Minister Fumio Kishida could be a welcome
1: move. It's been reported in recent days that Japan was seeking a summit with North Korea. That's right. In a statement carried by the North's KCNA on Thursday, Kim Yo-jong said the two countries can build a new future together if Japan makes a political decision to open up a new way of improving bilateral relations. That as long as Japan does not create any stumbling blocks such as the already settled, what they perceive as already settled abduction issues, the two countries need not remain distant and there could come a day when Japan's leader visit Pyongyang. The abduction of Japanese citizens by North Korea remains a critical issue in Japan and a major hurdle for bilateral ties. Kim stipulated this was her personal view. It appears to be in reference to remarks by Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida during a Diet Committee session last week when he expressed a strong need to boldly change the current situation between the two nations. Kim noted the leadership of North Korea has no plans to improve bilateral ties for now, adding it will adopt a wait-and-see approach. The South Korean government issued a statement in response to the speculation
0: of a Japan-North Korea summit, saying any possible dialogue must contribute
1: to creating a conducive environment
0: for North Korea's denuclearization.
1: That's right. On Friday, a Seoul foreign ministry official addressed a statement issued by Kim Yo-jong. Seoul maintains close communication with Tokyo on all issues pertaining to Pyongyang, including future dialogue, and that such communication should be carried out in a way that's conducive to the North's denuclearization. The official said that South Korea, the U.S., and Japan are closely coordinating efforts to persuade the North to return to the path of denuclearization. Meanwhile, the U.S. State Department expressed support for possible dialogue between North Korea and Japan, saying Washington has been very clear about the importance of dialogue and diplomacy with the regime. The U.S. appears to be expressing cautious support as the North's approach to Japan may be aimed at loosening the solidarity of Japan's trilateral cooperation with South and Washington. In other news, President Yoon
0: Sung Yeol pledged monthly state support of at least 800,000 won, or around 600 US dollars, for full time graduate students and at least 1.1 million won for PhD students in natural sciences and engineering participating in national research
1: and development projects. Can you tell us more? He did, and he did it at the 10th round of the New Year Presidential Public Forum held in Daejeon on Friday. He promised such support so students can focus on their academic pursuits without concerns about tuition or living expenses. Eligibility for the Presidential Science Scholarship offered to undergraduates will expand to include graduate students, with the amount increasing to 25 million won on a yearly average, referring to the deregulation of 26 research institutes from a state agency designation and streaming, streamlining rather of red tape on their operation. UN called to improve organizational and personal hiring systems to attract talented researchers so as to improve global competitiveness. The president also vowed to turn Daejeon into a science megalopolis through creation of a second research complex and linking a high speed railway service through the central Chungcheong region.
0: And finally, the International Table Tennis Federation World Team Table Tennis Championships
1: kicked off in Busan on Friday. Can you brief us on what to expect? It has begun. It marks the first time since the event was launched in 1926 that the team table tennis world championships is held in South Korea, just in time to mark the 100th year since the sport was introduced to Korea. For 10 days at the Busan Exhibition and Convention Center of Bexco, 2,000 athletes from 40 countries, men's and women's teams will compete, teams each featuring five players, only three of them eligible to play in each match, making the quarterfinals earns 2024 paris summer olympics games birth the south korean men's table tennis team started their campaign strong by beating uh, poland 3-zip in their first match
0: that's all for our news briefing today daniel thank you for those updates thank you so
1: much for having me
2: welcome to the korea 24 stock and forex update The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index climbed 34.96 points or 1.34% on Friday to close at 2,648.76. The tech-heavy KOSDAQ dipped 1.61 points or 0.19% to close at 857.60. On the foreign exchange, the local currency weakened 1.41 against the US dollar, closing the day at 1,335.41. You can check Korean stock and forex closings at world.kbs.co.kr.
0: It's time now for Global News Roundup where we look beyond Korea to talk about issues making headlines around the world. And joining us for that in the studio, it is our KBS World Radio News Editor, Gu Heejin. hello. Hello, Jungle. We first turned to the war in the Middle East. Israeli forces stormed a NASA hospital in Khan Yunis, the largest functioning medical facility in the southern Gaza Strip as it searched for Hamas militants and hostages they kidnapped from Israel in October last year. What can you tell us?
2: Well, according to BBC, CNN and Al Jazeera, Israel Defence Forces said it launched a precise and limited mission at NASA Hospital in Yunis, adding it had intelligence that Hamas had held hostages there as well as hostages uh, who were dead or alive. Uh, Hamas dismissed the claims as lies, IDF chief spokesperson Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari said among those captured were was a participant in Hamas attack inside Israel on the 7th of October, an ambulance driver for Hamas who had been driven uh, a hostage into Gaza and a member of the Armed Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine group. However, he conceded that Israeli for- special forces involved in the hospital raid had yet to find any evidence of kidnapped Israelis and that the search was still continuing.
0: Israel has repeatedly come under international scrutiny for its operations involving hospitals, including the raid on Janine Hospital in the West Bank at the end of last month. Mm-hmm. And I hear the impact on the Khan Yunus Hospital was extremely concerning as well.
2: Indeed. The hospital's director told BBC that conditions inside were catastrof- uh, catastrophic and very dangerous. Uh, Nahed uh, Abu Taima, the director of Nasser, told BBC Arabic that there had been a violent shell and severe explosions for several hours in the vicinity of the complex. The Israeli army had besieged this uh, facility for weeks, isolating thousands of uh, patients, medical staff and displaced families, many of whom remain trapped inside. Israel is facing increasing international pressure to show restraint. On Wednesday, France's uh, President Emmanuel Macron uh, phoned Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu to uh, say Israel's operations in... In Gaza must cease and that the human cost of the Gaza operation was intolerable.
0: Yes, we'll keep an eye out on developments in Rafah as well as the ongoing ceasefire negotiations in the war in Gaza in the days to come turning now yet to another conflict, this time in Europe. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was expected to visit Germany and France on Friday to try and drum up vital military assistance as the war with Russia nears its third year. So what's the latest?
2: Well, um, the according to Reuters, uh, German, Germany and France appear poised to become the second and third Ukrainian allies after the UK to sign bilateral security deals that would establish terms for continued support until Ukraine reaches its goal of joining the NATO military alliance. The trip comes as Kiev's troops are trying to hold back Russian forces, closing in on the eastern town of Um, uh, Adivka. Ukraine faces a shortage of manpower and ammunition stockpiles, while US military aid has been delayed for months. It will mark Zelensky's first foreign trip since he replaced his popular army chief and reshuffled. His military command, a big gamble at a difficult juncture in the war that he said was needed to shift uh, a battle, uh, to face shifting battle- battlefield challenges.
0: So what do we know of Kyiv's agreement with Paris and Berlin?
2: Well, details of the agreements to be signed with French uh, President Macron and uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz are not yet known, but Kyiv has said it wants to use the first deal signed with Britain in January as a framework. London said that agreement formalised a range of support. It also created a commitment to hold consultations with Kyiv within 24 hours in the event Ukraine faces a future Russian uh, armed attack. And to provide swift and sustained uh, security assistance. French officials gave little detail about the bilateral agreement between Paris and Kyiv ahead of the signing ceremony expected at the Elysee Palace in uh, Paris on Friday evening. They said the deal included economic and financial elements and was not restricted to military ones. Germany has been pressing both European and US partners for more rigorous commitments on military supplies for Ukraine and Chancellor Schultz. uh, Uh, is travelling to Washington to shore up aid for Kiev's needs.
0: And finally, we turn to the US, where a date for Donald Trump's first criminal trial has been set in the former president's New York criminal hush money case. That's March 25th. Trump is facing charges that he falsified business records with the intent to conceal illegal conduct connected to his 2016 presidential campaign,
2: Well, According to AP, CNN, the New York Times and major media outlets, Trump will be the first former president to stand trial in a criminal case. Trump was in attendance at the hearing in downtown Manhattan as New York State Judge Juan Merchan uh, confirmed that the former president's trial will begin on March 25th, as originally scheduled. Trump has pleaded not guilty to charges stemming from a $130,000 payoff to their then-porn star Stormy Daniels by his then-lawyer Michael Cohen shortly before the 2016 election in exchange for her silence about her alleged sexual tryst with uh, then-president nominee a decade earlier. Uh, His lawyer um, Todd Blanche called the trial date a great injustice and election interference as Trump is seeking the GOP nomination for the presidential election in November. Trump, the front-runner for the uh, Republican nomination denies having sex with Daniels. The date of the New York trial has been in limbo in part because Trump's federal trial in Washington on election subversion charges had initially been scheduled for March 2, but that is now on hold while Trump attempts to have the charges dismissed on claims of presidential immunity. He has asked the uh, Supreme Court to step in, which could further delay the federal trial.
0: That's all for Global News Roundup today. Thank you for bringing us those stories season.
2: Thank you. Ooh,
3: ooh, ooh.
0: This is Broadway actor Han Jumin. Now you're listening to KBS World Radio. South Korean construction firm Booyang Group recently provided a childbirth grant worth 100 million won, around 75,000 US dollars, to 70 employees who have had a child since 2021. In order to reduce their employees' tax burdens, the company also awarded the payouts as gifts rather than earned income, saying it is very encouraging to see such efforts by companies to help overcome the nation's low birth rate, President Yoon Sung-yeon has called for tax benefits and other means to support such voluntary corporate measures. To discuss the idea of such schemes and possible government incentives for weekly economy review, we have two guests joining us in the studio today. First, we have Professor Kim Yong-jin from Sagang Business School here with us. Professor Kim, hello and welcome back to the show. And we have our regular guest, Professor Yang jun suk from the Catholic University of Korea here with us as well. Professor Yang, hello to you too. Happy to be here. OK, so first, Professor Yang, can I turn to you? Can you first give us details about Puyong Group's move and what your initial thoughts on it were?
4: OK, well, as you mentioned that the Puyong uh, uh, Group uh, gives about 100 million won per uh, birth, uh, and that has gotten a lot of attention. For uh, many Korean companies, it's not unusual for the company to give some supplementary paid for uh Having children, but it's usually not much. From my university, I get something like a hundred thousand won. That's about uh, maybe eighty, ninety dollars per month Mm. uh, for each Mm -hmm. uh, minor that I have. uh, But that's nowhere near to uh, cover the expenses that goes into. Uh, raising children in Korea, of course, uh, but some companies, as a uh, employee welfare measure, do have major payments. Buyong is much of an outsider just because the amount that they pay is so large. Uh, per capita GDP in Korea is about thirty five forty thousand dollars, so this is in effect. Twi- almost twice the uh, per capita income per year. So this is a very large amount. Uh, but some other companies which offer these type of child benefits include HD Hyundai, uh, where an uh, employee gets uh, pregnant, they uh, pay out $5 million won. Then at birth, additional $5 million won. Uh, Pasco, uh, if uh, you give a birth to your first child, uh, then you get 3 million won, and then for additional birth, you get 4 million won. Uh, and then Hyundai Motors, first birth, 3 million, second birth, 4 million, third and additional birth, 5 million won each. Uh, and KT, if you get pregnant, you're uh, then 2 million won, and at birth, 3 million won. And for between ages uh, 5 to 15, 600,000 won per year. But as I said, this is. Uh, Somewhat unusual, the amount, and Puyang is especially very much an out, uh, outlier. Uh, and and we should just
0: clarify, this is a, a lump sum, essentially, that's been given, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Not and in any sort of incentives or, or anything like right. that.
4: So uh, you, ha- you get pregnant, then that's the money you get. Mm. Uh, now, uh, there's a big question on whether companies can afford this, uh, because, well, 100 million won is as I said, about twice the uh, per capita GDP. Uh, And then uh, some companies, especially smaller companies, will definitely not be able to afford it. But even if your company can afford it, there's some question on whether if your stockholders will be happy about it because, well, this is a, a payment that doesn't really go to uh, improving the productivity of the company, mm. uh, it may improve loyalty of your workers, but only a very limited amount. As the uh, as you mentioned earlier, only about seventy people got it in the last two or three years.
5: Interesting. Well, uh, Professor Kim, yeah. what did you make of Pyeong Group's? Well, move? you know, Professor Yang explained a lot, uh, and then, but I think you know this is very positive and it's kind of uh, uh, amazing amount uh, which is given. By a company across the world there 's no company which is giving <laughs> this much of money to employees directly uh, in China. Actually, one company recently announced they, they will give you know ten thousand dollars to the employee when they give birth um, that 's I, th- I think the maximum like ten thousand uh, like h d Hyundai so puyong 's case is really like uh, amazing. And I think, you know, Buyong will get a lot of credit for their ESG evaluation. Mm. Let's see, recently ESG is very much uh, uh, reinforced and emphasized by all um, the company evaluators. So their activity, um, which is giving like 100,000. Uh, dollar, no, say seventy five thousand right? uh, dollars in dollars will be appreciated by the market, and also um, the companies i mean the global companies are always emphasize their employees' happiness, so this will you know uh, contribute to those kind of aspects so it is it's kind of amazing interesting well.
0: What was even more interesting this week was the fact that President Yoon Sung-yeol mm-hmm. has said it's encouraging that companies are putting in such efforts to help overcome the nation's uh, chronically low birth rate. And he's instructed his aides to come up with tax benefits and other support measures to encourage companies to formulate such birth incentive programs for their employees. Professor Kim, what's your take on offering tax
5: benefits as incentives as well? Two companies, right? Um, I think, you know, there's uh, pros and cons. I mean, um, now, uh, if the company uh, owe, I mean, offer tax benefit to companies, um, that there, there will be, you know, promote those kind of activities of companies. But otherwise, I mean, in, in the other side, um, government will get less corporate tax, which should be invested in uh, boosting up those kind of infrastructures like uh, daycare and and. Um, the uh, birth benefit all that kind of things um so uh i don 't know actually uh that will be uh positive or negative to our economic growth <laughs> absolutely that will you know help just bit of birth uh, rate and then um first of all i I think you know uh cash incentive won 't you know help much uh, mostly in in uh, corporate side. um the cash benefit is the last thing to think of. And um, in, in terms of the proportion of motivation of employees, uh, usually recognition um, contribute about 80% of motivation, and 20, the cash can you know, help only 20% of motivation of employees. So, and then uh, also this uh, um, tax benefit given to companies might, might change the role of government. Let's say government have to do something, right, to mm. uh, improve the, the fertility rate, rather than companies. So, um, so it's handing over responsibilities to companies. Exactly. Is something that exactly. The yeah, that that, that is the most important part. And and also, the um, government have to spend a lot a lot of money into like a building up all that infrastructures. If you go to you know Oslo. Every morning, whole people just get out their you know uh, baby trolleys, right? And then everybody, and then they just seek for daycare near their house, and then and put them their baby, and then go to you know uh, work. Mm. This this is the best system to raise you know kids, not giving it money and also giving right. um, tax benefit to companies. Ooh.
0: Professor Yang, what do you make of? <laughs> Uh, President Insanuya's remarks this week.
4: Okay, I agree with uh, almost all of what uh, Professor Kim said. But additional thing that I'm worried about is that uh, if if the government can pressure companies to pay this uh, birth benefit, then first of all, some of the marginal companies, especially the small and medium sized companies, they will not be able to afford it, even with possible tax cuts. Uh, and this will increase the disparity between so called good jobs and bad jobs. Uh, that's causing a lot of problems uh, with the people in their 20s and 30s already. And then uh, government may not put much emphasis on uh, birth rates because, well, they're pushing all the responsibility to the private sector, uh, not only in terms of daycare, but some of this payment, the government should probably make on their own. Mm. Uh, but, well, the c- companies are doing it, so we're not going to do it. I think that's a bad policy. Th- we should definitely encourage companies to make these type of payments if they do it voluntarily. But I do not want to see it uh, turned into something that's de facto mandatory. Okay. Uh,
5: and, uh, uh, and one more thing, you know, uh, we have to be uh, very careful is, you know, giving tax benefit to companies may not help employees to you know decide to get more baby right Mm. they have money and then they have to pay tax a tax of about 38 percent or 42 percent then they will get you know marginal marginal amount of money so if you give tax benefit and government give tax benefit they have to give those tax benefit to employees who get that money
0: Another technical aspect, I guess, is how feasible is it to provide such tax benefits uh-huh. as well, Professor Yang? Uh, do you think this is a plan that the government can realistically uh, put into place?
4: OK, well, they are working on this problem. I don't know whether they'll come up with a very good solution, uh, but they are working on this problem, the Buyang, because they're giving so much money at once. Uh, Their benefits are technically counted as gifts. Uh, So uh, if it was counted as a labor income, then as Professor Kim mentioned, they will be probably uh, bumped up into a higher tax bracket for that Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. So not only income taxes, but medical insurance payments, Mm -hmm. uh, unemployment insurance payments, those are all going to go up for that one year, Mm. and then maybe next year, and then needs to be readjusted. So it may be better to give uh, money in Chunks rather than the entire money at once, uh, but because of this problem, the Puyong uh, has been giving the money as a gift. Uh, the interpretation is a bit strange because typically uh, when company gives money to uh, their employees, even if they try to package it as a gift it 's usually counted as labor payment uh, so there 's a bit of a uh, legal uh, gray area there, uh, but Uh, Even if the birth benefits are counted as a gift, that's counted uh, with a a lower tax rate, 10%. Mm -hmm. uh, But then the companies cannot treat this payment as an expense, as a cost, so they will have to pay Uh, corporate taxes on this amount. So somebody will have to pay taxes. It'll either be the recipient or the giver, and the uh, government is trying to change this uh, so that uh, if the uh, company gives uh, this birth payment as a gift, and it's in the name of the child, then uh, it might be exempted or deducted from the uh, total corporate cash payment. But again, that plan is under consideration. And Buyang again, is a bit of a special case because they're amount is just so huge. Uh, But again, that's a tax problem that's going to have to be worked out.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it is really uh, easy, actually, to track down, you know, which the money, uh, where the money goes, right? Because, you know, they will give it um, through bank. So um, the government can track down, you know, who get the money and who they have to um, the uh, get taxes right. from who they have to bill essentially. Right, 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 right. Uh, that's easy. But you know, sometimes there might be you know, moral hazards. Let's say you know you are you are the owner of the company. You want gives them money to somebody else's mm. um, for their benefit. But how can we prevent those kind of you know moral hazards? As that's one big issues and related to that uh, part. So
0: then, Professor Kim, do you think this is something that we will see? Uh, with this administration, do you think they will be able to put this into policy?
5: I see, yeah. I I think, you know, that they they will, you know, uh, have this kind of things in uh, uh, place soon. Mm, Okay. So with that in mind then,
0: what do you make of this whole scenario and is there anything else you would like to see from the government in helping raise the birth rate? So Professor Yang, let us start with you.
4: Okay, well, one of the things that I'm worried about is that people who do not want children, younger people who do not want children who work in these companies, they may cry foul. Hmm. Uh, Why should other people get more money from the uh, company just because they have children? And if you think about it, people with children actually may work less because, well, they have to take care of their children. Hmm. So they might complain about their increased workload uh, and uh, the fact that they're getting more paid for working less. Um, so I think the primary responsibility for policies which raise kids should lie with the government I think perhaps the place to start an obvious solution would be increased tax deduction for children uh, the amount of deduction going up with the amount uh, the number of children that you have uh, but then uh, as Professor Kim mentioned we have problems with uh, tax revenues right now uh, we have problems with the deficit so the entire tax rate system maybe have to be re- adjusted. For people who do not have children, their tax rates may have to go up, uh, but deduction uh, will be increased with the number of children that you have. The more children you have, the amount per child, uh, deduction per child going up. And then there should probably be more tax exemptions and subsidies for childcare. If you have childcare spending, we already have some deductions, but that will probably have to be increased. And not only on the people who spend money on childcare, but people who provide childcare. And then uh, perhaps one further uh, recommendation uh, would be to recognize stay-at-home moms as a full-time job. Hmm. If you have, say, two or three children, uh, then really, especially before they go to school, before they go to, say, middle school, that's, I think, especially with the Korean way of raising children, that may be a full-time job, so you may want to get salary from the government. And then finally, uh, the, re- the reason that child, care, child uh, raising a child is so expensive in Korea is because of private uh, education, and the reason that we have private education is that in the end, you want to go to a good university because you want to get a good job at the end. You don't want to get stuck in, uh, say, mm-hmm. a bad job sector, and there's intense competition for good jobs. And in order to qualify for that, you need to get a degree from a good university. Uh, so if you really want to uh, reduce the cost of child care, then you actually need to reform the labor market. And frankly, I don't think any government in Korea is brave enough to do that until we head toward a real disaster. Right, that's impossible.
0: <laughs> so, Professor Kim, uh, you're laughing there, but uh, do you have anything to add in response to Professor uh, Yang's suggestions? Uh, do you have anything to add that you want to talk uh, about as well?
5: Basically, I agree to um, the Professor Yang's you know, argument, because uh, if you want to make people you know, give birth, the first thing you have to do is you have to make them happy. Hmm. Okay, we have hope you know, for us. We have hope for our children. Then they will, you know, absolutely, um, you know, give birth, you know, a lot. Uh, so the first thing is, uh, government need to uh, put more money in infrastructure, like you know, daycare and uh, child benefit, those kind of things. And the second part is, um, we have to think about uh, the part like you know, work from home. Let's say, you know, public uh, uh, corporations make uh, people, their employees work at home uh, or work from home, and they will have more time to spend to raise their children. So they might be happy, right? And for that, uh, after that, you know, we may provide a lot of uh, uh, financial support for, um, the university education, you know, middle school, high school, and university education for children. Those are the first things we have to think about at the moment. Well, we're
0: going to have to leave it there, but it's been a fascinating discussion today. We've been speaking to Professor uh, Kim Yongjin from uh, Sogang Business School and Professor Yang Suk from the Catholic University of Korea. Thank you once again for your time today. Thank for you for having
5: me.
6: Did you know that Career24
5: is active on social media? You can do more than just listen to Career24. You can find out what the team has been up to on Career24's social media accounts. We are on Instagram on kbs underscore career24, where we post about our weekly segments from Monday's sports segment to Friday's movie spotlight. Sometimes we share snippets of the team's day behind the scenes, so you can get to know us better. On YouTube, we upload film versions of our segments, and you can also check out what other language services have been up to. Find us on at KBS World Radio Service. Make the most of your Career24 experience by following us on social media.
0: weekly segment where our film critics give their thoughts and recommendations on what to watch among the new releases in Korea this week. And with us, we have first Jason Bechevice. Jason, hello, it's good to see you.
7: Yeah, it's great to be back here on a warm day.
0: Yes, spring is here, it day. It feels warm compared to some of the cold weather we've had anyway. Definitely, yes. And we have Mark Raymond with us in the studio as well. Mark, hello to you too. Nice to see you again. Okay, so we have one international and one local release to look at this week. And uh, Mark, I understand that we start with your recommendation, a Mm -hmm. French film that won the Palme d'Or at Cannes in 2023. And it's also nominated for multiple Academy Awards as well, including Best Picture, Director, Screenplay and Lead Actress. It's called Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, It has the translated title of Churage Hebu
8: in Korean. Mark, can you tell us more about it? Yeah, this is uh, the fourth film from the writer-director Justine Trier, but really kind of the first of her films to really get a lot of attention, especially outside of France. Um, it stars the great uh, Sandra Huller uh, as a German writer who lives with her French husband and their young son in a remote mountain area of France. And then one day, the husband is discovered dead on the ground outside of their home. Uh, the result of a fall from the top floor. And then the question becomes, was it an accident? Was it a suicide? Or was he pushed uh, specifically by his wife? And so she ends up being put on trial for his murder, uh, which then becomes almost like a trial about their lives and their marriage, essentially. Um, And she's also defended by an old friend, possibly former lover. their, Their relationship's a little bit ambiguous. Um, And also, this is all complicated by the fact that their young son had suffered a eye injury years earlier and is basically legally blind. So uh, and he's really one of the only even quasi witnesses to the event. Uh, So it's kind of partly a mystery thriller, partly kind of a courtroom kind of drama um, as well okay so that's the setup
0: mm-hmm. uh i understand you are a fan of this film yes what do you recommend about it and why do you think it's been able to break through so internationally and secure all these uh, oscar nominations and critical mm-hmm. acclaim as well because from the plot synopsis mm-hmm. it sounds like
8: a standard perhaps thriller with courtroom mm-hmm. drama extend what makes it stand out Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the film it reminded me of was Parasite, interestingly enough, not in terms of its theme or its story, Mm. but in the fact that it's this movie that is both kind of a pretty mainstream genre kind of thriller that can appeal to wide audience, despite the fact that it is a foreign language film, even though this one has the advantage of being there's a lot of English, because that's kind of the language that they both can speak in terms of, because she's German, everyone else is French. Right, so even okay. though a lot of the trial is in French, there is still quite a bit of English in terms of the conversations. Um, but basically it's a film that, again, it's a, been able to get all these Oscar nominations, uh, but also it wins at, at con, as you mentioned. So it, it definitely has those kind of high art kind of um, credentials to it. And I think a lot of it revolves around the kind of ambiguity in the film and in Mm. the story. I mean, it has all the other qualities. It's got great acting that the lead actress, particularly Sandra Huller is nominated, deservedly so for best actress, but it also has this kind of mystery at the core of it in terms of what happened and the way in which this film ends up playing that out. I'm not, I won't spoil the ending, but there is, of course, there is a resolution But even that resolution is something that I think audiences can kind of argue with and kind of talk about. And I think it's generated that kind of uh, buzz that's allowed it to kind of break through. I know it's done very well in the UK, for example, already. It's doing fairly well in the United States, uh, despite the fact that, again, it is um, also in some ways this kind of higher brow film. It's quite long, right? It goes into really deep detail in terms of describing the courtroom case, as well as uh, the kind of emotional lives of this kind of family. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those movies that's been able to kind of get into the middle of this. It's both respected as this kind of high art film, mm. but also has crossed over quite kind of successfully with um, more mainstream kind of audiences. And I think that's partly because of its, it has these kind of thriller kind of genre elements that it works kind of quite well with interesting jason
0: did you catch this film what did you think of it do you think it deserves all the praise that's been getting
7: oh yeah absolutely it's uh i mean i completely agree with with mark i mean it's it's uh i mean it's yeah it's part kind of procedural thriller it's kind of courtroom drama it's also kind of like yeah it's almost like a domestic drama in a sense and uh, yeah we we kind of I mean it's a mystery right and so we want to know (laughs) um, you know what happened to the husband and it's told from almost kind of different perspectives as well Uh, and so she's essentially yeah she's on trial and you almost feel like you're part of the jury like you know listening to the the evidence the you know the witness witness, testimonies and and various other things and um, it's just really intriguing throughout I mean the performances are fantastic um and yeah it's a it's it's a whole bunch of genres into one you know mark Mm. rightly mentioned parasite and that's definitely a big part of its appeal you know it's definitely not slow it's two and a half hours but it's the the pacing is superb um and um yeah i mean it's it's just truly engrossing and uh, i certainly didn't want to turn it off um and yeah the courtroom scenes are just really well done uh, and there's uh, one of the scenes in later on in the film where we learn a little bit more about the husband is just fantastic. Uh, because he's kind of, he's an absent figure for much of the film. And then he, then there is the scene and it's just, it's, it's beautifully executed. So yeah, it's, it's a great film.
0: Interesting. So, Mark, is it cinematic? Because from the sounds of it, it sounds like it could have been a great TV drama series mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but as we know, it's a film and it's one these uh, amazing
8: awards that like they can it has to be on some level cinematic as well, right? Yeah, it's um, like there is a lot of the courtroom stuff in the movie, and of course, it's hard to make that particularly cinematic even though this film I think it has the advantage of the fact that even though it's a courtroom drama it's a French courtroom yeah, <laughs> Fra-
7: so and the, they're yeah, very yeah, strange yeah they're like kind of relaxed like they're, they're cracking jokes and you've got their hands in their pockets and almost kind of like you know the, 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 there's the formalities of it and then they also seem remarkably casual
8: yeah it's it's like yeah it's got a lot of like a lot of the humor of the film comes out of how I guess I think a lot of especially for an outsider audience mm. a, not a French audience how strange the courtroom scenes are since we're so used to the American versions or even the locally and the Korean versions, there's nothing really like these this kind of French courtroom scene so that adds something a dynamic to it. but as you mentioned is also you know we have the fall uh, and we have the multiple perspectives and that leads itself to a uh, kind of these cinematic kind of tellings right that uh, mm. Trier and her kind of screenplay for the film really kind of worked in a lot of how she was going to film it how it was going to what perspectives even what music she was going to use and how that would enter into the plot which it does at certain uh, times so yeah all of those elements i think are, are quite strong as well yeah, and
7: also you got the boy uh, clearly who has been traumatized not just from from the death of his father but also from right. the earlier accidents so i, I quite mm-hmm. like his character and he's certainly well played
0: okay so that was anatomy of a fall out now in cinemas here in korea Jason let's turn to your uh, recommendation today in your although comments. yes understand that it's uh, less of a recommendation and perhaps more of a, a best of the rest this week yeah
7: someone has to do the heavy lifting for the show <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> right so it's, it's a comedy called uh, Dog Days it has yep. the same alliterated title in Korean and among a long list of stars is the Oscar winner Yoon jung but I sense this film is it's not your cup of tea then
7: no, uh, and it's, it's <laughs> everything. Actually, it was worse than I thought. Um, yeah, it's just really bland. But anyway, I'll just yeah introduce the film to you. It's one of the major again in a very common lo- local releases. Um, it's not. It's a little bit expensive, I think, purely because of the star you know power wattage involved in the movie. But you know, in terms of its production values, no. Um, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a feature work from Kim Dong Min who uh, who worked as an assistant director. Uh, on Hero, Keys to the Heart. These are films produced by the uh, hit maker company JK Films, uh, responsible for films such as Ode to My Father, uh, Confidential Assignment, and many others. Um, it's inspired by the 2021 novel of the same name by Arika Waller. Uh, uh, but uh, I noticed there was also a 2018 American film that seemed, I haven't seen it, uh, but of, the, of the same name. Uh, hmm. Starring Vanessa Hudgens, it sounds incredibly similar. And uh, so the Korean adaptation is basically an anthology of sorts focusing on different characters, uh, you know, familiar names, of course, uh, from the world of Korean cinema and theater. So Jong Sung Hwa, Kim Yoon Jin, Yoon Yo Jung, Daniel Henny, and countless others. And so we basically have this kind of Love Actually style. Love Actually is a movie that Koreans love, and it holds the record for the amount of re releases. Why do I know that? I don't know, but I do. <laughs> uh, and so we have a disgruntled man uh, who's uh, played by Eugen, who's seeking to basically he's involved th- in this project uh, to try and get a luxury resort uh, project off the ground. And we have an architect. We've got a married couple uh, who adopt a young girl, a musician, and and all these kind of s- s- plot threads kind of basically interact. And uh, we see them kind of in this scene at the end where they all come together and uh yeah so it's that's it really i mean it's it's an off film to be released this time of year because it it's, it has kind of christmas vibes right so uh i am assuming that they they were planning for a Chris, you know a Christmas release, but it didn't work out that way mm. flopped at the box office uh needed too many admissions to break even but uh and so far, it's around, what, 300,000 missions. So now that's significant because it's produced by JK Films. And right. they, I mean, it's such a successful production company that the films invariably would, would, you know, strike a chord with audiences. That's not happening anymore.
0: Right. So as you said, it's not a great film. It's not done well in the yeah. box office. But I know you wanted to talk about this film because <laughs> yeah. of the context it provides for the theatrical market at the moment, in relation to this film, right?
7: Yeah, so this is a film that I think would have done pretty well maybe a few years ago. I mean, the audience scores, netizen scores, are actually pretty good. You know, people are enjoying the film, but it's just not remotely cinematic. So what's happening now is that audiences are just being very selective with the kind of films that they're watching in the cinema. Mm. So I actually watched Wonka today uh, with my son and his friends, and that was almost a full screen mid-afternoon oh, now you know the kids are off at yeah. school uh, but you know word of mouth is really strong it's actually a really good film I'd highly recommend that we haven't <laughs> talked about it on the show uh, but you know it's, it's from the same, same director as Paddington and it's just you know it's wonderfully whimsical and uh, it's just a lot of fun and Hugh Grant is just, just terrific uh, and um, as is the rest of the cast um, and so that's what people are watching it is cinematic you know the visuals are absolutely f- fantastic actually the, uh, the director of cinematography is Chung jung hoon a Korean uh, DP who's worked mm. with uh, Park Chang-wook. Uh, and so that's the movie that people are paying to go and see, whereas this is a movie you can wait for, uh, you know, to, for it to drop on the streaming platform and then watch, you know, as a family, you know, at home. Mm. Uh, and the, the exhibitors kind of shot themselves in the foot because they increased the cinema ticket prices and so people are being more selective. Uh, and right, with,
0: in, during That was during the COVID pandemic. During the
7: COVID pandemic, you mm. know, the price has pretty much doubled since I got here uh, in a, over a span of, what, 13 years. And uh, so people, yeah, they wait three or four months and it's on, you know, one of the streaming platforms. And so, yeah, I think this kind of film is, is not working anymore. Right. Uh, and what we're seeing working with audiences are films that people want to see on the big screen or, or films that generate a lot of, you know, chatter. Uh, you know water water cooler movies you know sure. uh, you know such as you know 12 12 the day mm. uh, but we're not seeing um these kind of films. very commercial very kind of audience friendly they're just not working anymore interesting
0: uh, mark i understand that you haven't seen the film and i'm guessing jason's review uh, yeah. will not have convinced <laughs> no. you i, you I see you it running in the cinema mark <laughs> whether in the
8: cinema or on streaming at home Yeah, Yeah. if uh, if this wasn't Jason's cup of tea, I can't imagine it would be mine. So uh, I think I will uh, take his advice on this one. I think that's that's
0: quite a scathing review of
8: Jason as well, isn't that?
7: (laughs) Uh, Perhaps not
0: highbrow enough for Mark. (laughs)
7: Uh, yeah yeah. I, I think he's, he's, he's effectively saying that uh, thanks Mark appreciate it I think we should end it
0: before we get into a fight uh, uh, anyway that was Dog Days and that's it for our movie Spotlight this week Mark, Jason thank you for your recommendations and we'll see you next time yeah
7: take care thank you
0: and that's where we wrap up another show thank you for staying with us we'll be back same time on Monday so we hope you can join us again then till then we hope you have a wonderful weekend I've been your host Quan jang and thank you as always for listening goodbye
3: World Radio offers all you need to know on Korea through its various programs. Tune in to Wonder Hours with Hedim and join the K-pop star for two wondrous hours every weekday. Are you into the latest K-pop tracks? Then K-pop Connection is your fix. Brian Ju brings you the best of K-pop and K-culture. On Korea 24, host Kwon jang helps listeners digest all the biggest stories coming out of South Korea, keep up with what's happening on the peninsula by listening to Korea 24. Learn about Korean Folk Tales on Mondays with Global Audiobook, Once Upon a Time in Korea. And if you're a bookworm, don't miss Books on Demand, a program that introduces Korean literature to the global audience every Tuesday. Our Wednesday program, Korea Today and Tomorrow, provides news on the latest diplomatic developments in and around the Korean Peninsula. Want to go deeper than K-pop? Sounds of Korea takes a closer look at various traditional music every Thursday and Friday. KBS World Radio is your go-to channel for all things Korea. Tune in!
6: CBS World Radio strives to promptly update our listeners on safety procedures during emergency situations. The following are recommended guidelines to follow in case of high levels of fine dust. Before going outside, check the air quality by visiting online resources or checking your local weather forecast. When the level of fine dust is high, avoid outdoor activities such as hiking, biking or field sports. Wear protective gear such as masks, glasses and hats. Close your windows, doors and dry your laundry inside. Wash your face often and make sure to also blow your nose regularly. If you have to leave your home, try to use public transportation in order to reduce air pollution. Take a shower after returning home to avoid skin irritation and rinse your sinuses if possible. Before preparing food, wash your hands and make sure to wash fruit and vegetables thoroughly before eating them. Please check our website at world.kbs.co.kr for up-to-date information and procedures.